Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Our lesson today comes from St. Paul's epistle to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 through 10. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, then he appeared to more than five hundred brothers at one time most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But, by the grace of God, I am what I am. The word of the Lord. Thank you again, the Limehouse and the clergy and everyone at the Advent and you for being here. It was an honor to be here yesterday and to be here again today and tomorrow. And this morning, as we look at 1 Corinthians 15, I just want to say one thing, really, and that is this. There is a contradiction between common sense and Christianity. And this has been felt and known since the very beginning. Paul himself said that when Jews and Greeks encountered the message that he preached, they thought it was scandalous and foolish. We read in Acts 17 that there were leaders of a synagogue who thought that Paul was turning the world upside down. And many years later, the atheist philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche said that the idea of Christianity, of God on a cross required the revaluation of all antique values. People have noticed there's a contradiction between common sense and Christianity. And where we see that in our passage today is a relationship to the question of human identity. What makes a person who they are? What makes you who you are? What makes me who I am? And fortunately, the common sense answer to this question was stated very clearly by Aristotle a few thousand years ago. And he said, quite naturally, a person becomes good by habitually doing good things. In other words, a person is what they do. Your action determines your identity. Your worth is determined by your work. What you do determines who you are. And our lives are a testimony to our commitment to common sense. You know, many of us have the story where we cashed in our childhood so that we could attend a university that we were sure would mean we were significant. Many of us work late, convinced that the value of our bank account is what reflects the value of our person. We do things like buy mail-order torture from the fitness industry, convinced that the size of our waist determines our worth. And as you can hear from all of those examples, the real question behind the question, who am I, what's my identity, is the question, what is it about me 
that would make me lovable, likable, respectable. When we ask the question, who am I, what we're really getting at is, why would someone love me? What about me is worth loving? And this came home to me in a somewhat funny in retrospect, but then terrifying way when I was starting college and without realizing it, I was anchoring my sense of who I was and the reason why people might like me in the game of lacrosse. If you don't know, lacrosse is a game played exclusively by humans on a grass field, which is important, as you'll see in just a moment. Um, But without knowing it, I thought this was my ticket to friendship and to respectability. And as so often happens, I met a girl who is now my wife. You'll be happy to know the story ends well. But it didn't start well because I thought, well, surely, if she's going to like me, it's going to be because I play lacrosse. And so I told her, you know, I play lacrosse. And she said, oh, I think I've heard of that. That's the game that they play on horseback in the water. And I thought, oh, no, I've... There it goes, you know. I guess time to go to plan B and look for another girl. And I realized that what I thought I was was tied up into the things that I did. And the problem with this common sense approach to life is that common sense is conditional. It's if, then. If you're doing this, pursuing this path, and you're on your way to being this, But what if tomorrow, or 10 years from now, or 10 minutes from now, you do this, and you start moving in this path? It's never fixed. When life is like this, your identity, who you are, is never final. It's always in flux, and therefore it's fragile. And things like stress, and secrets, and shame, all these things that we live with, they're symptoms of this instability. Life in this conditional framework becomes the exhausting race of trying to make ourselves, an exhausting race that has no finish line. If I can misquote Jesus, which is always dangerous to do in the pulpit, life according to common sense is not finished. It's open-ended, and it's therefore a potential place of fear and uncertainty. But notice in 1 Corinthians 15 how different Paul's account of who he is actually is. It's the total reversal of identity in action. The apostle here is the exact antithesis to Aristotle. Aristotle said, what you do determines who you are. But notice what Paul said. He said that Jesus appeared to him last of all that he's the least of the apostles and he's unworthy to even be called an apostle because he persecuted the church. But, he says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. Paul was not acting like an apostle. God did not choose Paul because he was building his apostle resume. Paul, as we learn from Acts, was on his way to the city of Damascus to persecute Christians. The very thing he says here disqualifies him, makes him unworthy to be an apostle. And as you read Acts, he doesn't have a slight change of heart right outside the city gate 
He doesn't hesitate. He doesn't turn back the way he came. He's walking resolutely to persecute the church. The very thing that he says makes him unworthy to be an apostle. And right then, in that moment of extreme unworthiness, Jesus reveals himself to him. And he says, I'm unworthy, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And this statement, I think, is absolutely amazing in the way that it cuts all the strings that connect what we do and who we are. It erases all the ifs that we live with. And Paul's story is, I'm not worthy to be an apostle because I persecuted the church, but by the grace of God, I am an apostle. But if you take out the details, you've got the outline of our story too. I'm unworthy, but by grace, I am what I am. I feel unworthy because I can't get the weight off, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. I feel unworthy because I've missed my son's last five basketball games. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. I'm unworthy because compared to the other people's lives I see who seem to have it all put together, my life is in chaos, especially when I go on Facebook. And yet, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And what this means is that our deepest and truest identity, our answer to the question, who am I, is not built on what we do. It's based on what God has done for us in Jesus. And so the gospel is not just an idea or some facts from the first century. The gospel is God saying specifically and directly to you. You are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter. In you, I am well pleased. But this word contradicts what we can see. It's the word of the creator who said, let there be light, and there was light. Speaking in to the darkness of our sin and death and saying, let there be life. But because this so cleanly contradicts our common sense approach, it's very hard to believe. Martin Luther used to say that we forget the gospel every day. And he didn't mean that we forget the facts of the gospel. He meant that we're daily disinclined to believe that it's true. And that's because we can feel and see I'm unworthy. We can't shake the shame. We can't sleep because of the stress. But what the gospel does is it closes our eyes to the conclusions of common sense, the I'm unworthy conclusion. And it opens our ears to the counterintuitive word of grace. By grace, you are what you are. So close your eyes and open your ears and hear what God says to you in the gospel. He says, I know there is shame that you cannot shake. I know there are stresses that prevent sleep. I know you feel 
unworthy. But listen to what I've said to you in Jesus. The sins you cannot forget, I cannot remember. God has graciously forgotten your sin, your shame, and your secrets with a kind of forgetting that flows from forgiveness. And so, we're free to join our voices with that beautiful song from Revelation 5 that says, We are not worthy, but the Lamb who was slain is worthy. And by the grace of his life and death and life again, we are what we are, beloved sons and daughters of God, who in his perfect and merciful wisdom, thankfully lacks common sense. Amen.